Weldon said something so enlightening. This is about a while ago. He just looked at me and said, Dad, I don't want to be an adult. I was like, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, me neither. I don't. I feel you, man. I don't know what he saw me doing, but he's just like, I don't want to be an adult. I was like, nah, me neither. Good point, bro. <laughs> you know where it is. Yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, we all just kids playing adult, right? Yeah, that's how I see it. No, I do that shit for real. <laughs> yeah? I don't for real. <laughs> all y'all kids. All my kids. All right. So, peace, kings. Peace, king. Peace, king. Peace, What's going king? on, man? Ain't nothing, man. Same old, same. Long working. time, long time. It's been too long. I don't like this hiatus that we be on sometimes. Man, adulting. Life. Yeah, that's true, though. That's facts. Yeah, because anytime we got to push it back, it's always because something going on. Yeah, we, we schedule something and then like, yo, I got Life. something going on. <laughs> Life. Uh, I yeah. mean. <laughs> yeah. We got about this thing from the thing. But I'm glad to be here today. Today's a good day to be around y'all brothers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. It's a fire topic here. Fire topic, huh? Uh-oh. 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 I think so. I think this is long overdue. We've been talking about talking about it. Talking about talking about it. You know what I'm saying? And we finally got the brother here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, hey, what are we talking about, though? What are we really talking about? Well, we're talking about you. <laughs> we're talking about you. We're talking about you. Well, and, and if that... Is not hint enough. We we actually talking about you know being a, a police officer in the midst of all this social unrest in the area of, in the area in the era of George Floyd and Derek Chauvin and Black Lives Matter and uh you know wanted to hear the perspective of not just any police officer not just a regular police but, officer you know a, a black police officer right. I got uh family members who are police officers and. I just think it'd be good for our listeners to hear the perspective from both sides because uh, typically uh, the three kings, typically we don't always agree on everything, but we basically have similar viewpoints on a lot of issues. So we we, we wanted to know how you felt about certain oh, things. Oh, 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 so y'all want to get down in dirt, dirt, dirty. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit. And I mean, we got to sanitize if we need to. Hey, COVID. hey but, but I mean, you know, that's a tough predicament to be in, right? Because... You know, like you don't represent every man. I don't represent every police officer. I, right. You know, I don't represent every black police officer. You know, I think that's going to be skewed by our own experiences and our own perspectives in life. Right. Everybody, you know, everybody done, um, done made their own way. Everybody experience is different. Right. It's, right. it's being a black police officer in the inner city different than being a black police officer on the on the throughway or in, in the suburbs. So. Hey, we, 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 we can get there. Yeah, but we only know you, so we're going to interview you and find some information. <laughs> yeah, we only, right. want, we only want you to share your perspective. So I think going forward, we're just going to refer to you as with a, with a, with a moniker A, right? We're just going to call you A? Just call him A. No doubt. A. No, mm-mm, A, A. Okay. That's probably why it's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so, hey, you got something in this water? <laughs> you poured the water. How you, how you asking me if I got something in the water? You poured it. Never mind. We good. <laughs> you want something in the water? No, no. <laughs> so, hey, I figured, and, and let me not know you guys if you disagree. Maybe we give you a little, you can give us a little bit of background of where you've come from. Because I think it's the, and I'm a, the juxtaposition of where you've come from in life, your youth. To where you've yeah. gotten to is is probably the most interesting, and this is why I wanted to get you because, you, you know, you didn't come from like anybody who had uh, LEOs in their in their family history, right? You actually came a little bit from. Uh, am I wrong on that? LEOs, like the law, pizza enf- law enforcement officers. Oh, sorry, L- sorry. E- Oh. oh, I got you. Oh, yeah. I thought you said Leo's. I'm like, I'm a Leo right here, bro. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, we came from the opposite side of the came track. Came the opposite so. side of the track. So I want to, you know, give a little bit of background where you came from, what you was doing, you know, just a little hint. You ain't got to, you know, incriminate yourself, but give a little <laughs> hint. And then and then uh, if you can't talk a little bit about um, what you're doing now uh, in your position in the, in the police force, please. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as a juvenile, Youngster, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn back in the the late 80s, early 90s, 
and you know anybody that know what was going on in Brooklyn back then it was you know it was it was rough waters that we was treading mm. um you know I actually got an older brother did 26 years in prison um he uh committed a murder and during a robbery back in 93 um and you know that that opened my eyes cuz you know I grew up with about I mean, out of the 40 guys, right, every summer, you could look around and you you could guarantee two, three, maybe four guys wasn't going to make it through the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was, a, you know, my my mom's at the time, we didn't have a lot of money. I was a fresh air fund kid. And uh, so, she, you know, she, just trying to show other perspectives in life. You know, I don't know if you know what the fresh air fund is, but. You you know, explain a little bit about what that is. Kids mm. with. Uh, families out in the suburbs and i started doing that when i was like nine or ten years old and uh you know two weeks out of the summer right you got out of that heat in brooklyn with a with a um suburban family that hosted that hosted us for two weeks Mm. so like i said my brother got locked up when he was 15 i was 13 at the time and then you know two years two years later um, you know, we were still running around crazy, mm-hmm. but I had the opportunity with that suburban family that they, they extended their home to me. So, you know, I went from a, a kid that, you know, grew up with 40 guys that, you know, I can't tell you one that graduated high school, mm-hmm. you know, I ended up coming upstate and staying with a, you know, a, a white family and, uh, you know, showed me a lot of different perspectives. So, you know, my experience, you know, having lived in the inner city, you know, some of those neighborhoods with suburban, that suburban life, you know, shaped my perspective as to, to what's going on. I, you know, end up transferring from Boys and Girls High School to, uh, you know, high school up um, just outside of Albany. Mm. And the rest was history. Um, you know, end up playing sports. Went out to the Air Force Academy for a little bit. And then I, uh, you know, transferred you know, end up going to college where I met some fine brothers, Mm. you know, further shaped my life and, um, you know, came back, stayed upstate New York and, and, uh, you know, jumped around a little bit from the insurance industry. I was in higher ed for a little bit. And then I I became a police officer and, um, in 2007. And, uh, so this July, I'll I'll be finishing my 14th year. Um, you know, congratulations, brother. Thanks. You know, I've been a patrolman, obviously working the midnight shift. I, uh, you know, was a patrol sergeant. I was in charge of directed patrol. And now I actually run the juvenile bureau as a detective sergeant. So, you know, I got uh, six detectives that, um, you know, we we investigate crimes committed against and by juvenile. So, Mm. you know, that's interesting. That's a nice little kind of circle back to. Mm-hmm. where yeah. you kind of came from. Yeah, from, you know, ex- exactly where, right? I mean, you talk about, you know, back in 93, my brother was one of a few juveniles, you know, charged with the the, the crime of murder mm. um, in the whole state. So, you know, definitely lent some perspective, you know, when I took over the Juvenile Bureau and, and some of the things that the perspective that I had in life and, you know, where I hope to, to take it, so... That's just a little bit about me. Yeah, let me ask a little quick follow-up on that, just a little bit more history. What kind of prompted you to say, yeah, I want to go into the police force? Um, I mean, if, to be honest, I mean, I was in corporate America, and, you know, there were some days you come in, you're a hard worker, and, and uh, you know, they're, they're, they're what they call a reduction in force, right? The guy who was working just as hard next to you, um, he, uh, you know, they, they let him go. I'm like, man, I need, I need some job security, right? Mm-hmm. So, and in that sense, you're like, hey, a labor union is strong, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, like, like, like other individuals, um, you know, I, I can remember being upstate New York and. You know, sometimes you get pulled over and you're like, man, I got pulled over for nothing. Mm. And I, I was one of those dudes where, hey, if I took it personal, I say, you know what? I'm going to take this test and, and show these dudes that, you know, not only can I be your equal, but I could be your boss. Mm. So, you know, a, a lot of that, it, 
you know, it's, it's a couple of different things. Um, I had a, you know, I didn't know any law enforcement, like I said, growing up. And then, you know, it never even jumped into my mind until one of the girls that grew up on my block, she, she became NYPD. And I was like, wow, you know, I was, and, and that's what really got me thinking like, Hey, if she could do it, I could do it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I started taking the civil service test, you know, found out about that process, took the test. And I, I said, Hey, it's not a, you know, it's not a, I didn't think it was a bad opportunity. So, you know, when it, when, when everything came to fruition, you know, it was an opportunity. I said, you know, might be worth exploring. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Appreciate that. That's a nice little background there. Yeah, man. Good background. So, so I guess where I'm going to come in is uh, <laughs> in the midst of all that's happening right now, the, the, the jumping in back first, jumping in back first, right? Why, 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 why move slow? In the midst of all that's happening now, social unrest, Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, uh, this the 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 summer that just passed us last summer with all the social unrest, uh, the what I would call, um, I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, uh the depiction of police officers. What what are, what are your thoughts on that? But I think well, that's a loaded question because everybody's depiction is going to be different, and that uh -huh. depends on where your perspective is or or what your experience has been with with the police or xyz because i i think there's an assumption there that you know from from many perspective is that we all going to agree right this you know because we got a small um set of people that you know they come out and right they they have a perspective and even within that community right there's some people that agree with some things and, and and don't agree with other things. So, you know, I would I would ask you to be a little more specific as it relates to sure. when you talk about perspective, right? Sure. Because and, and I mean it just is it's such a deep conversation that needs to be had. Mm -hmm. Um and the problem is I can be more specific if you want me to. Talk to me. Talk okay. to me. Yeah, I can be more specific. What are your thoughts on for instance, what are your thoughts specifically about uh, the history between police officers and the black community. Do you feel uh, organizations like Black Lives Matter, do you feel they have a legitimate point when they point to the historical uh, tension that exists between police Yeah, yeah, go go again. Can you hear me right now? Yeah, I, I okay. Can hear you now. So, uh, uh, so when it comes to uh, organizations like Black Lives Matter, other grassroots organizations, is there a legitimate claim to the to the point that historically, police departments uh, have been uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Heavy handed. Or no, no. There's been an, an an antagonistic relationship between police departments and black and brown communities. Is that a legitimate claim from, from your perspective? Do you think that's legitimate? And and I'm asking you that because you 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 shared a little bit of your background growing up. Um, do you think there's a some targeting, some mis mishandling, but historically between police departments and uh, predominantly black and brown communities? Is that a legitimate claim, in your opinion? Um, I mean, obviously, I'm going to, in my opinion, I'm going to say it's a legitimate claim for the sheer fact that, right, pers perspective is everything. So right. who am I to say if, if these communities, if, if that's the opinion that they're voicing, right, who am I to say that it's not legitimate, right? But it it, it just lends to, but it lends to a, a, a bigger conversation that I hesitate to dive into, right, because right away they're going to say, oh, um, you know, gaslight and this and that. And because, hey, we could be real with it. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It's a two-way street, right? What was the relationship? I, I mean, I know when I was in Brooklyn and the, and the police showed up, right? They, I, they didn't have a shot. I, I had my perspective on, on what they stood for or what they meant. And so, so right away, 
whether it was coming from one side or the other, right? There was that tension there. Okay. Um, and, and that's what, right? Because realistically, and that's why I used to tell these kids, I'm like, yo, just because I became a police officer, so, so, you know, black cop, like you said, they're, they're, yo, there were some situations I go to and I'm like, yo, I mean, you know, hey, I know what's going on in the hood. Hey, what's up, fellas, this and that. And, you know, some some moms like, don't talk to him. He's a cop. And I'm like, man, like, yo, that's powerful. Because, mm -hmm. you know, a dude like me who grew up with no father, I'm like, yo, I would get my left testicle to see a dude, you know, that looked like me, that, that, that you know, became a police officer. So right away, I'm like, man, how, right? Because there's a lot of different ways that we can change things. We can change it from within. We could, you know, change it from the outside. And that's where, you know, some of that tension, is it warranted? Is it not? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, like I said, my, you know, one of my first couple of days on the job and, and the, and the, and the lady shut her son down from saying hi to me because I was a cop. I'm like, man, that's deep. Right. But did you understand where she was coming from or did you think it was an overreaction? Well, again, that's where that perspective is going to come in. Because remember, I, hey, I grew up, uh -huh. I grew up running the streets. So a lot of times when we had police contact, it was warranted. I mean, like I said, I mean, right, dudes was robbing and shooting and doing all those things, right? The police didn't just show up because we was hanging out. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, that's where I think, you know, it could get real deep depending on your perspective. Because, I mean, I see... I remember, and again, when it comes to these conversations, listen, back in the day, what happened if the police brought you home? <laughs> to my house? Yeah, right, wrong. Ass whipping. Yeah, I was getting yeah, ass whipping. Yeah. Hey, and, and it's a whole nother conversation, but these kids ain't getting no ass whoopings no more. Mm. Not to mention, and, and that's what, you know, like I said, my you know, my brother, fortunate enough, you know, after 26 years came home and it's, it's a big difference from, you know, what we was doing in the streets and, and the, and the consequences of it. Cause like I said, I, you know, I, unfortunately I know a lot of dudes that got arrested for shooting or, you know, doing some violent things. And nine times out of 10, you know, who brought them to the station and made them tell about what happened? Their moms, mm -hmm. right? They, you know, their mom or whoever it was now, I mean, I see some of the people I deal with where I'm like, man, they, you know, mom telling them, you know, ex, don't, don't do this, don't do that. And I'm like, man, that's the example we setting. But again, I mean, call me crazy. That don't got nothing to do with, you know, hey, black, white. I'm saying, again, that's, you know, it's a, it's a separate conversation. But at some point you're like, hey, what are we expecting for ourselves? Right. Because if we're not policing our own communities, who's going to do it? Yeah, that's the one of the things that I think I definitely agree with you on is that there's not enough cleaning of our own house. You know, there's a lot, you know, we have some the black community. When I say we, I mean, the black community has some legitimate gripes, but I, I personally don't feel there's enough own house cleaning going on to be able to say to, to solidify the gripes that we have in a way that we can present them and say there's no argument that anybody can have against it, right? I feel like there's a lot of house cleaning that we still need to do. And 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 that's all I'm saying is like, hey, I'm not, it's not a diversion of attention from, you know, I'm, for sure, because, you know, the, the problem is all if we paint all of those police brutality label incidents with the broad brush, we just as wrong as you know, labeling anything else with the same broad brush. So I like to talk about each the merits of each individual case. Some of them I can get on board with. Some of them I can't. And like I said, it, it's a tough conversation because the real this this is the problem I see. Right. Officer brutality. You talk about the Black Lives Matter. I mean, people are up in arms. Rightfully so. But then. You know, kid gets killed, shot in the face. Um, no noise. This is okay. Nobody wants to talk about it. It can't be such a stark difference. You mean black on black crime? Yeah. Well, not necessarily, right? Because we know, yeah, white on white crime, black on black, right? That's going to take us down an avenue of 
you know, hey, we we trying to skew whatever. But the I'm distinction saying, I'm trying to make is the difference between yeah. a cop shooting a kid getting shot in the face or somebody else just in the community, yeah. right? In the community, doing it, doing the yeah. shooting. A hundred percent, right? Because I mean, I seen a dude. He, uh, I mean, I I could tell you story after story. In fact, a, a you know, a good friend of mine, his daughter got killed the other day. Um, fifteen years old, right? Beautiful mm-hmm. young, you know, black girl, right? He moved out to the suburbs. She get killed. Nobody don't want to talk. Nope, right? Not a protest. And 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 that's all I'm saying. Hey, as a community, right? I'm still a black man, police officer, or not. But when when we get as outraged about, you know, anybody killing a black person is when a cop does it, we're going to get somewhere. But yeah, no, I was just going to say statistics show that, you know, it's pretty high. I mean, there's black on black crime. Whoever perpetrated that crime is going to get caught and they're going to serve time. I mean, that's what statistics show that when there's a crime committed, whether it be you know, let's talk about specifically black on black crime or crime within the community. Uh, the perpetrator of the crime usually gets caught, usually goes to jail, serves their time, whatever that is. I think some of the distinction is when it's the police, that is not the case. Right. So what I was going to say and I was going to kind of, you know, chime in is that, you know, both things can happen at the same time. Yeah, we need some house cleaning, but that doesn't make yeah. right. Or make okay, or means that we shouldn't, uh, you know, talk about or investigate what's going on with the law enforcement, you know, crime, you know, but uh, brutality against against black and brown people. Yeah. No, and I and and, and 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 the issue there is is they are in a position of power, mm-hmm. right? So they should be extra responsible. And, and that's the question: is what is your you know your perspective on that? Do you feel that because we hear about these stories? And we only obviously hear about the bad stories. Yeah. That's what sells. That's the news, right? But when we yeah. hear about these stories, these are just reminiscent of things that have been happening time immemorial uh, yeah. in this country. And so I think the question that we're trying to pose to, or at least one of the questions that we're trying to pose to you is, you know, notwithstanding, you know, uh, the community coming together to try to help. And that's a legitimate problem and question that needs to be addressed by black and brown communities because, you know, there's a trust factor there, though, right, with the police. And that's a historical trust factor issue with the police and those communities. And that needs to be addressed. But in terms of what we've seen in the news with the stories um, uh, that's been going on, and you know, we can name or we can rattle off a whole bunch. We've done it a bunch of times. What like what is your do you think there needs to be reform? Do you think because all right. There's this whole thing about defund the police, right? Mm-hmm. And we've had previous conversations about what we think that means um, yeah. and what it actually means um, impl- in, when, when it's implemented. And so I, I want to ask you what you think about that um, in terms of reform, maybe not as far as defund the police, but then also what you think about defunding the police. But in terms of, I, I, I think it's, I think it's easy to hyper focus on the defund the police. Do we need, I mean, we need reform in so many aspects of American society as we know it, right? Mm-hmm. I, there's no doubt that I agree that there should be some police reform as it relates. However, when if you just hyper focus on the police, what does that look like, right? Because, hey, I, I don't disagree with you, right? Homelessness, um, some of the stuff we're dealing with, Right. Some of these poverty issues. How much money are you going to take away from the police department? Because and, and, and that's what I see. Right. Realistically. Who's left to do that job? Who's left to do the job? Right. Because we can't deny that. Hey, there's people out there that do some terrible, awful things. Right. There are people that shoot at the police there and you have to be prepared for those situations mm-hmm. now. So so. You know, I think sometimes I think we take away the human aspect of that job, right? Mm. Hey, I'm 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 the same guy y'all knew in college that um, you know, some guys under stressful situations, and that's what you know I commented. I, I don't comment on too many posts, but the the it it's real the the changes that individuals encounter under stress. Mm. So it's easy 
I think sometimes to, you know, say, oh, the officers should have did this, that, and the third in a, in a stressful situation, because the reality is, right, there's a lot of guns in America. And when the police show up, there's always a gun in every situation. So I understand the mindset where some people are like, well, he could have did this, that, and the third. But the reality is if, you know, if, 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 if somebody knocks me out, what's he going to do? You're going to take my gun and shoot me. Mm. So there's a, there's a gun in every situation. And mm, I get, I you know, you the mean. problem is I think we, we look at this use of force from a bubble and right. We, we, you know, you guys play football. That's why I gave the analogy one time. You say, listen, all right, I need to tackle this guy. He's running up the sideline. How much force do I bring? If you say, Hey, I want you to tackle him with just as much force as necessary. Well, there's a, there's a variable that's unaccounted for there. I don't know how much he's going to resist. Hmm. So I need to tackle him, you know, with as much force to bring him down, right? Because if I don't bring all the force, I don't get a second chance at it, right? He's going to run me over and, and keep going. Hmm. And that's where, so, you know, some of these situations that you look at, and, and I get it, right? I, when you say, hey, the, um, the, the, he he didn't need to do that, right? How many people actually seen a real fight in their life? There's there's nothing pretty about it ever, right? I, I mean, there's never. If you've seen a real fight, you you know it's it's physical, it's nasty, and the reality is, having done it, and right, I'm a big dude. I I, I was athletic, you know, I was a strong guy. If you give me a 150 pound female and she says she not doing it, it's 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 almost impossible to get her hands behind her back. Hmm. So, you know, I think sometimes looking at these four situations from a bubble, you're like, hey, you could have done this differently. Yeah, but, but what about three of you? What if there's three of you and there's a 150 pound woman who says I'm not putting my hand behind my back? Could three of you do it? it, it, it for sure. OK, I'm just asking. For sure. I'm just asking. I, I think, and, and that's what I'm saying. Hey, I'm realistic, right? There's, yeah. there's, there's no part of me going to tell you that Derek Chauvin shouldn't go to prison for the rest of his life, right? right, they right. Sh- in fact, I mean, they should hang him. There's no, you, you're not going to get a, um, right? There's, there's no argument coming from me um, with that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, different, different scenarios. Hey, if you want to pick them apart, I tell you. Because the reality is, Hey, on some of these ones that's just grossly um, negligent, right? Hey, these guys go to prison. But we can't ignore the fact that, hey, you know, I got four kids. I got to, I'm entitled to come home tonight too. So, you know, and, and that's what I mean. Like, I, you know, I was working midnights one time and the guy, he, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, I asked him what his name was. You know, he came out, we was having some burglaries. He came out with shopping cart. Um, but there was nothing in the car. I was like, that's odd. So I said, Hey, what's going on? You know, struck, struck, struck up a conversation. I asked him what his name was and, uh, he just quickly shoved his hands in his pocket. Right. So I stepped out of my car and, and kind of started to draw, draw my weapon. And he, he called me trigger happy, this and that. And I broke it down for him. I said, listen, I didn't, you know, I got to see your hands. They, that's the difference between me going home and seeing my kids or not. Right. Because unfortunately, at two o'clock in the morning, while I'd like to give some people the benefit of the doubt, the reality is there there are some people out there causing harm, et cetera. It's not everybody. But how do you differentiate? Mm-hmm. Right. So. So and and that, and that split second. And again, I had a conversation with him like, hey, I'm not trigger happy, but I want to go home and I'm entitled to go home and see my kids, too. I'm a human being. So why didn't you shoot him? What made you not shoot him? Well, and, and that's what's going to come down to, I think, my experience playing football, everybody processes stress differently. Okay. But, you know, and, and that's what, there was a video that went viral on, um, from, you know, Lieutenant Colonel Grossman, where people were talking about the mindset that they try and teach police officers. And I think they missed the point, right? What Lieutenant Colonel Grossman talks about in on combat and on killing is that, that that reaction that the body has under stress, right? And that's that was the analogy I gave where imagine you're playing linebacker and the wide receiver comes to crack him 
and the corner can barely get out the crack call. Crack, crack, crack. Right? And linebacker gets taken off his feet. I mean, think, that's not a life or death situation. And that cornerback in the game can't get out the crack call. There's a reason why the the you know people pee and poop themselves in stressful situation because your bu- your body goes into fight or flight. Mm-hmm. You you're not thinking about how many times you pull the trigger or whether it's a, a a butter knife or a knife or a gun. When you get to that when you get to that moment, you go into survival mode, and that's what when we you know when the experts actually explain that to the jury, that's why you don't have these convictions like you do because. Hey, in time in life or death situations, you don't have the time to process that. Hey, he pulled it out and pointed at me. Oh, it's a it's it's only a cap gun. That doesn't exist in those stressful situations, and that's important to know, right? And and that's why. Hey, I can't relate it to the people who've never been in those life or death situations, but the people, the sports is the the closest thing to it, right? When when the when the shot clock goes four, three, two, one. For Michael Jordan, the rim got exponentially bigger. For some other guys, they never even heard the three, two, one. They can't even so see the rim at that point. Yeah. Let me explain and, the let me explain the crack call thing. So in football, when you're playing defense as a linebacker, if there's some sort of outside running play that the offense is about to do, a lot of times the wide receiver will block from the outside in on the linebacker. The linebacker can't see it. So the corner's responsibility is to yell at the linebacker that this dude is coming in to waylay you you know, get ready for it. And then the cornerback is supposed to fill and do be support to stop the play from getting outside, push it back inside to where all the rest of the players are. And what he's saying is that you have to, you know, have some pre-snap reads, but then after when the play starts, you have to be able to uh, look process. at the situation and process what's going on and be able to make that call and then go fill so there's a lot going on he's saying a lot of people just don't have the reaction time the capability to do that so my follow-up question to you a about that is how do we train for those situations in the police department right because you got the training you got the training playing sports right because it's a lot of reaction that you have whatever sport basketball baseball football soccer whatever sport you're playing a lot of it tennis is reaction right uh, track reaction time for the for the for the gun. How do you train police officers to to react or have a better reaction, uh, well, whether or not they're get, freezing up that's or you're going to get into this conflict as it relates to defunding, right? Because you're you're saying, hey, either either we're going to take money away and we're going to get more training or less training, and and that's where the, right that human aspect of is, you know, I'm human. Right. Most of these guys are human. And, and that's the reality. That's that's what I can say. Now, I can say I, I have yet to go. I've never I haven't met anyone in law enforcement that, you know, I was like his attitude is, hey, I'm going to kill me a black or brown person today. Now, have I met some ignorant ones who, you know, they just haven't been in, around enough black or brown people to understand. Right. Um, the situations that these people are in or why they're in those situations. I've met that. Right. So there's some ignorance to it. I've, I haven't met, you know, a cop who was like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go stop a black or Brown person and, and, and make their day miserable. Um, really? But, <laughs> but in terms of, um, and, and, and I wouldn't expect them to show me that. Right. Cause, and I'm not. I'm not saying that there's not. I haven't met them. Right. But you have you, met you the ones who miss. You have said that, and you just said. Let me just say, you've missed. I mean, you've met folks who've misinterpreted. Let's say, like for example, they go into a setting that's predominantly black and brown, and they may not understand exactly what's happening in that setting because that's not the culture in which they grew up. And so, there's a there's a the opportunity to miss. Misunderstand what's being yeah, yeah yeah misunderstand what's being communicated, <clears throat> and I'm saying, I think that there's a, a lot of situations like that where black people end up dead because of the misunderstanding or the miscommunication or misinterpretation of what's being displayed. Um, I'm sorry, so I didn't want to interrupt, but I'm I'm, I'm, again, I was, I'm, not, I'm but but again I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna accept that for what it is okay. right in in terms of. What situations are we talking about, right? Because you know, I can bring up one. We, we, 
you know, we could we could dissect some of these and some of them I'm agree with you and some of them I'm a wholeheartedly right. disagree with. You. Right. OK. So uh, uh, let's say uh, uh, there was a situation in Philadelphia where uh, this gentleman had a mental breakdown. He had a knife in his hand uh, even before the cops came. But when the cops were called, uh, his mother, you know, was saying, you know, he has a, he's having a mental episode. Don't kill him. Don't kill him. He has a knife in his hand. Uh, eventually, the cop, you know, shot him. Um, you know, everybody and, and when the cops shot him, you know, everybody's like, why you shoot him? Why you shoot him? The cops explanation was he had a knife in the hand. But everybody that was there knew he had a knife in the hand. Um, and the mother asked the cop, you know, don't kill him. He's having he's having an episode. But, you know, don't kill him. But he's having an episode. At, right? at, at some point, does he lunge toward right again? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. So so there was a uh, the. the the perception, I think, what the cop said was that he walked towards him with the knife. So I think. But hold on, that one was a different matter too, though. That was that one was the report was he lunged at him, and then a couple months later, the video comes out and he shows he's walking away from. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm talking about if I say his name, I think his name is Walter Scott. Walter Scott, yeah, that's the Walter Scott. Yeah, one. but my my question is, when, so a statement like defund the police would 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 make the claim that. If we had some other services available, that mother, when she, who knew her son was having a mental breakdown, would not have called the police, but maybe would have called another service. Okay, and what does that look like? That's that's all I'm saying, right? Because that looks the, like yeah, the that reality looks like is emotionally disturbed. I get it. He's, mm -hmm. you know, he's having an episode. But say this person shows up. I mean, at at what point are, are they threatened? Right. Because, hey, there are emotionally disturbed people that have knives that they do lunch, they do end up stabbing people. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying defund, do the police still respond to this call with the gentleman with the knife? Now, I'm not saying I can don't. I don't right, know right. the details as to why he got shot. Right, right. I get but it. again, if, if we're saying, OK, what does that look like? Because I get social services agencies and. I mean, let's face it. Right. These guys are on Wall Street and these hedge funds making millions of dollars a year. And your social workers, your teachers, your police officers are making a small fraction of that. Right. Um, so, right. That's one piece of it, because I just don't know. You know, it sounds good on paper, but how many yeah. social workers want to go talk to a guy that has a knife and is having an episode? Well, that, like, what does that look like? Yeah, and then they end up calling the police anyway. Yeah. But that's but that's what the training and that's what would. When we say defunding or giving more money to these services, that's what that would include. A, an individual who's trained to deal with different types of mental breakdowns. And hey, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. No, no. Where's I, the money coming from? No, no, no. Well, that's what I'm saying. The money is supposed to come from this idea that police departments have oversized budgets and these other services have undersized budgets. And there needs to be uh, some of that oversized budget needs to be uh given towards the under budgeted uh services i, I understand that right mm -hmm. but and, and and that's why my question sometimes is hey why right you, you the police chief don't control what his budget is but if we hyper focus just on the police department right the mayor or whoever actually you, you know determines what that budget is mm -hmm. how uncomfortable is he right the police chief say hey we're we're budgeted to answer the calls that that we're answering Right. Hey, yeah, I don't think it's yeah. simple. I if I'm the police chief, it, it's simple. Hey, take this hundred grand away. Don't call us when you have an emotionally disturbed person. How many social workers are going out to deal with the guy with the knife? And that's all I'm saying. Hey, I'm not saying it can't work. Right. But I'm saying the 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 transition needs to be in total. Right. right. Like what does you know? And that's where sometimes I'm like, man, what does it actually look like? Like the last one. Hey, I get it. Right. The girl wound up she was going to stab the other girl and the guy shot her i think that's an example of a, a misinterpretation of things too but I, but go ahead let me hear your point but when you say misinterpretation of things right does does that and, and that's what i'm saying right does that officer what is the solution there does that officer allow micaiah Bryant to stab the girl in the neck no or in the chest no, and I don't think that she would have stabbed. But let me let me explain this. The solution that I think, I I, I think white cops should not police in black communities. That's my solution. Mm. I don't think because I, not because 
the whiteness alone per se, but for the fact that there's too much misinterpretation. I'm going to be honest. I have seen school fights where students have had weapons and have lunged at other students with weapons. And I have seen teachers break up fights like that. I've seen it. I've worked in in situations like that. Okay. And I'm saying that to say there is a, there is almost like this intrinsic value of life that for that teacher to see even that student with a weapon who may lunge and who does lunge at these other students, the thought of that teacher to say, I- I'm, I'm not going to let you do. I've seen teachers and people break up fights in, in, in you know, in situations but like that. It, you where, think that's the standard or the norm? Because I mean. And, and and again, that's perspective well, and yeah, situation, right? But, because yeah, I don't I've think, been in schools where the teachers are like, "Hey, I'm here to teach. I'm not breaking up a fight." Oh no, I, I've seen, I've been in that area, and I've been in that situation too. Do I think it's the norm? No, but I also don't think Micaiah Bryant's situation was the norm. I think that for that officer, it was, oh no, shoot it, I'm I'm shooting because it's the knife. She's lunging. That's all I need. Boom. But I'm saying. For, for a teacher in a school that sees a similar situation, and I'm not saying teachers should do this. I'm just saying I've seen fights like that break up to the point where I know there are some other individuals who would have been able to, however, de-escalate that and say. Yeah, oh, but, and, but, but, but again, and there's this situation where, right, one person stabs six people. So you, you see what I'm saying? So I, I understand what you're saying, but mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, man. For sure, if that's my daughter on the other side, no, I get getting it. Stabbed, I don't want to leave it to. I, I mean, I don't know. It, but that n- to me, neither would the I, parent I in the school, though. But neither, if I was the parent of the child in the school who was thought that maybe this child was going to attack my my child, no parent wants their child to be vulnerable. So I don't think that's odd. But I'm saying, I think the value, the value of life. Sometimes I think officers. And specifically white officers, when they see black people, black bodies, I just don't think they 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 worry about the value of their lives. So it's easier for them, I think, to say. But but is that a black and white thing or is that some individuals? Right. Because I I I mean, I think in America, I I watched the video. Listen, I watched the video. It was an after hour spot. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, three, four. It it is nine people. Mm -hmm. It's nine. I I mean, there's there's people all over the place. Right. They talking to this girl. Dude gets out, fires a weapon. He starts shooting. Girl drops. She's pregnant, dead. Yo, the people don't stop and call the ambulance. They don't call the police. They drive right by her like they didn't just have a conversation. Gone. You think one person, I, I get it. Not one person called the police. They didn't call the ambulance. Nobody don't want to tell who did it. Is that, is that you know, some white officers that don't care, some black people that don't care, or is it people in general? So so I think this is an interesting point here because earlier you said, hey, you you never met a police officer who said, I'm going to go out and kill me some black people today. And what Weldon, I feel, is saying is that they just don't, they're not tuned in enough to the community to understand the nuances and they react uh, out of a different perspective, maybe fear, maybe misunderstanding rather than um, an officer who is of that community would have a different understanding, maybe react differently. Right. Is that, is that oh, what you're saying? That, that, yeah. That's, that's kind of what I'm, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, saying for, but, but again, I think again, we would get into painting with a broad brush because, and, and again, which would take us to the deeper issue of, Hey, that our, our communities are still segregated. But well, let are. me ask you then. Let me ask you then. If there were only black officers policing black communities, do you think that there would be in that situation where you said the girl got shot, she's pregnant, and nobody did anything? Do you think there would be more of a a need or a want to actually act and try to help her if there were more black officers in that community, or only black officers in that community who had a better understanding of that? And a uh, relationship. And a relationship, right? Like community policing or whatever. I'm sh- and I have no idea about any of this stuff. I'm obviously right. you know more than I do. No, no, no. Uh really? A. But um, you know, do you think that that could be a potential resolution there? Um I, I mean that that that's so deep. I mean, I don't I don't I don't know, right? The reality is, sure. Do I think if you know all right, so you know, what happens in who polices the mixed communities, who polices 
right i mean no, because again, it goes back it's to the aspect the it's, it's, how, is, it's your community whatever the description of your community is that's who and in america let's be real if you mix with black america sees you as black but no no i'm talking about black and white community right there uh, and again oh, oh I, i'm I sorry you're talking about communities are what? you have an integrated still in, segregated for the most part right most but most of america saying, is still residentially segregated by race yeah but but and, and that's what i'm saying like right that takes me back to that conversation of right when the when the black girl said to the to the kid hey don't talk to him um he's a cop right she didn't say he was a black cop so again it, you know and that's where it's got to come from both sides so sure would you know if it was all black officers but in our own community we got to have that conversation right that hey some some yeah. brothers got to step up and take the test yeah well, well, she knows. Well, part of the issue is there's a couple reasons what the institution of police departments represents. So some of that is don't talk to him. Now, some of that's historical. Some of that is what police departments represent. Some of that might be snitches get stitches. I don't know. Some of that might all be that. But yeah, but it's it's but, been but, if you leave black people to. I'm, I'm talking about this is we can find aspects of this in history if you leave it to black people to police themselves if you if they are allowed to have the resources and the mechanisms to police themselves their attitude would not towards even the the organization or the institution that polices them won't be like it is in today's police department and and in today's police department some of the tactics used some of the, the things that are used some of the targeting that is used and in black communities, even when that mom said to her child, don't talk to him, he's a, a police officer, you know, for her, what a police officer represents, you know, it's basically comes out of the structure of, you know, white police departments and, and what they've implemented. So so what does that transition look like? Right. Because I, right. I get what you're saying. Right. Uh -huh. But but this is where I see where, hey, that's not just a police versus non-police thing. I mean think hey there's dudes that don't have a phd that's not that they're not gonna like you because you got a phd right mm -hmm. there was dudes that play sports that right there was always that division of hey that dude packed bags i don't he sell drugs i don't he got a high school diploma i don't mm -hmm. there's always going to be that conflict between hey you know who's doing what and who's doing the opposite so i mean some of it is i mean Right, one of my first traffic stops, the dude, and and I'm not big on talking on the cell phone, but mm -hmm. just no, no different than hey, he drives by. I'm in a marked patrol car. He drives by, looks at me on the cell phone, not put it down, not and just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I pull him over, and yeah. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Um, you know why I pulled you over? He said I pulled. He said he told me I pulled him over because he was black. And I was like, man, but, but you was talking on your cell phone? He said, yeah. He said, but that's not why you pulled me over. He said, you pulled me over because I was black. I'm like, man, what am I supposed to do with this? At this point, I got to give you a ticket because if I don't give you a ticket, then you're going to feel like you your point over. was valid yeah. that I pulled you over because you was black. Yeah. No, I pulled you over because you was talking on your cell phone. And then, you know, after after I give him a ticket and stuff, I said, listen, man, you might want to try that argument on a white cop. Mm -hmm. But let me like, ask you. I, I, I couldn't. But, hey, let me ask you, because that kind of speaks to, to Weldon's point, is that maybe it's the institution that they see behind you and not you that they see. Right. How can you look at a black man and say, you pull me over because I'm black? It's because they think you have been trained or brainwashed so, to not see that and, and, and again that's why i think it comes from both sides right we 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 all got some you know perspective because i mean let's face it there's some people that i mean is it what you saw on tv is it i mean where where does that start and stop i know where it comes from for me because again we was running the street so mm. i know you know a lot of times hey we was running because you know such as for for whatever reason so some of it might be the institution of, but I mean, hey, when I, I don't know, some of it is just you just doing some bad shit. <laughs> yeah, like I got a, I got a question. I got, a, I got a question. So, 
with all of the uh, social unrest and the response as well, where you, you know you have Black Lives Matter and then you have the responses, the Blue Lives Matter. Uh, I'm not entirely sure of the area you police or the uh, community that you engage with, but um, has have you benefited from this duality? Maybe the Blue Lives Matter crowd amongst the predominantly white and potentially the Black Lives Matter some sort of support for you uh, on the other side? Uh, well, you... again, I, I don't go down that, like, the for me, there's no, when you say blue lives, right? I, I mean, I can go, come home, take a uniform off, and, you know, disguise the fact that, or dis, disguise to a point the fact that I'm a police officer. Yeah. And that's what, you know, some of these people who, who want to make that argument, right? Hey, I can't, I can't, I'm 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 always a black man. There's no right. ifs, ands, or, or buts about that. Um, and that's where you know I don't get into the, you know, some people, you know, think that y- you can't support the police and and be black also. And I mean, you know, unfortunately, that's one of those other conversations, right? How many times where, um, you know it. Which is a deeper conversation of its own, right? Because, um, well, talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we gonna be here a while, but it, it, it's the same thing, right? Hey, you decide to say you wear your pants proper, you speak proper English. What's the first thing people gonna take? Your black card. Oh, he's not black, or you know, how, I mean, how fast are when you make certain decisions in life? How fast are we in our own community? quick to pull your black card. So when somebody says, oh, he's not black, what does it mean? Hmm.